Hello. Hello, Andy. Hey. There we Hey, mate. How you doing? Good, good. I'm so sorry. We, there was a bit of a problem uh, hooking up with the, the link. I did send you a message, actually, but uh, clearly didn't make it. I never thought I'd see Andy Circus is in your waiting room ever in my life, but I guess this whole Zoom way of doing things, we have to get used to it. Is, is it actually made the whole press tour for this film? And I do thank you. It's an honour to talk to you, but also for you still doing press for this movie because it's been out you know, in, in big markets for six weeks now uh, that you're still actually going around talking about it. But has this just prolonged it, the ability to be at home or in an office and talk to anyone else in the world? Pretty much, yep. yep. <laughs> Are you done answering questions? Is there one question you're like, I wish someone would ask me this because I haven't answered it. They just asked me the same thing for the last six weeks, but you're the director of this film and you've got to do the hard yards and, and just keep talking about it for at least a couple more weeks. How, how, how early do well, you actually get to call an end to the promo? It, well, I think it's great. You know, it's great. I think you're probably the last person to put it, frankly. But I think, I think you're the last ever. No, I'm joking. Oh, I was going I, 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 to claim that so hard. <laughs> I can't imagine it ever, ever will end, but, uh, but no, it's, been a joy, it's been a real pleasure doing it. We in Australia, though, like, you know, you've had to be talking about this. You've made it. We're dying over here. People like myself that are really into these movies, waiting for Venom specifically. I know that uh, also on the line is our lovely rep from Sony. And I, I sent her a text when it debuted in America and I said, I will do anything if I get to see this movie early. I had to see it on the big screen. Now, they didn't do that. We got to see it last week, which is great. But, uh, yeah, it'll be close enough to be eight weeks, I think, by the time that it uh, actually does come out here um, when uh, wow. when everyone else gets to see it. So is that the big worry for you as a director and such a big movie, it's a big sequel, that all this work, years of hard work, this could be undone for a little country like us by some trigger-happy fan on Twitter and it could all just go up in smoke? You know, the great thing is, I mean, we've, I think we've been really blessed because people have, um, we, we said very early on in the fan screenings, if you can avoid spoiling, it would be great. And honestly, for the most part, people people have i mean i'm sure a few of them have slipped out by now but uh, <laughs> for a long time we managed to uh, we managed to avoid anything cataclysmic you know but uh, you probably know all everything anyway well the now. thing no i thankfully got to see the movie it was four weeks between the release and when i got to see it and i man- and i'm on the okay. internet every day i mean we live in a modern world but i live and breathe this stuff just looking for information searching for information and i still managed to avoid any and all spoilers so well uh, i think everyone does want to pay you guys respect for making it and, and lives up to that the request to, to keep it secret, which is good. So well, I got to do it, and hopefully everyone else in the country has managed to avoid it as well uh, over the next couple of weeks until release. Like I said, I have seen it. I It's great. I loved it. It's so much fun, and it's such an honour to talk to you in particular about it. I would have talked to someone who was in the uh, lethal injection scene, an extra in the background, but I get to talk to Andy Serkis. Um, it really carries on that, that great tone of the first film, but also manages somehow, and if you've seen the first film, you know what I'm talking about, up the craziness of what we love so much about the first film. Now, you, you've you directed some well-known IP before, but what about this that, you know, how is it coming into a sequel that, you know, for a film that made nearly $900 million, you want to come in and make it your own, but you've also got to kind of do some of the same thing that everyone clearly loves so much about the first one? Oh, absolutely. Look, I mean, when I came on board, what was so kind of exciting about it was that that I got to, you know, that all the, the origin story had been set up beautifully. And of course, Tom's central performance was extraordinary. And that's what was really when it was Tom who approached me and uh, and said, you know, Andy, I'd really I'd love to chuck, chuck your hat in the ring for, for, for directing this. What do you think about it? And I just thought, oh, man, you know, we've wanted to work together for years. This seems like the perfect opportunity. It, it, sensibility wise, it really felt like we could 
kind of come together on this. And so, you know, I, I knew, obviously, you, you as a director, you're coming on as custodian of the story for a particular time, however long that may be. Um, and and so when I stepped into the movie, of course, you're, you're, ta- you're taking on the great work that had gone before. But hopefully, well, what, what was exciting for me was was to take it on, on, on to the next stage of the journey, which was this delicious period of, of the seven-year itch part of the relationship between <laughs> Eddie and Ven. And the, and the sort of the buddy buddy slash kind of odd couple relationship plus introducing the world to Carnage, which was you mm. know and and Woody and uh, Woody is Cletus Cassidy and and that side of the story. So so that you know the tone, which was like as you say, so brilliant in the first movie in in that balance of darkness but also great humour, was was something that excited me and and uh, and so I, so it was my my job and all and all of our jobs on the film to 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 manage that and keep that tone going so that it's a you know this film's a real roller coaster. Right? Oh yeah, it's far. It really rips along, but it still has moment for character. It still feels, you know, that, that you're invested in the characters. And, and one, one of the things that one of the big challenges was making sure that the humor didn't outweigh the real stakes. Mm. So that it always felt like, you know, you really cared about the journey and the characters and, and the danger and the menace. But you could have fun as well. You're right. Like uh, growing up as a, a fan of these characters, and you know, it's it's amazing that with all the characters we have seen brought to life on screen over the last couple of decades, really, that we haven't seen Carnage yet. And you get to to do that. We've got Carnage and Venom. So obviously, we're expecting some real fisticuffs going on in this film, brutality. But at the same time. I never thought that in the middle of all that that I would really, really be invested in a breakup between a human and alien goo that lived inside him. But somehow you managed to make me really feel. I'm like, no, when he's leaving, I'm like, I don't want this to happen. Like, you've got some shit to take care of. You know, you keep cutting back to Cletus and then uh, you know that they have to get back together eventually. But I kind of wanted to see. I'm like, this is a unique breakup. We're never going to see this in, I want to say, any other film. And uh, that must have been fun. And I think think you guys nailed it. And like you said, Tom, he's really embraced what it takes to – to perform as this character when it's really one-sided for him, I guess, on the day in front of the cameras. Yeah, I mean, he has this extraordinary methodology where, you know, he records every single scene of Venom's voice before the scene and then has it playing back in an earbud in his ear. Right. And 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 so he can he can talk over Venom, they can banter with each other. Uh, it, it's sort of, it, it's an incredible thing to watch. And uh, and Tom is such a master of it now, having been through it twice. You know, it, 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 it really was... He creates the radio play for himself. And so that internal voice is always there. So, you know, rather than having that thing where actors speak to each other and you're sort of rather polite because you let the other person finish and then you talk, you know, he can just, they can just bowl over each other (laughs) and and and, and not care. And and, and it works, you know, and that makes the relationship feel real and believable. And we loved... Tom, obviously, from the first film, we knew what to expect somewhat, I guess, from him in the second. I want to talk to you about Woody, though. Now, he was obviously cast in the first film, so he's back for the second. But you guys obviously already worked together for uh, for War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, both of you as, as actors on that point, um, where what's the dynamic like when it shifts to you being a director and you go from working in a motion capture suit opposite him to you directing him doing all that fun stuff? Did, did, you, did he show any interest in the Apes film? Like, Did you know that he was ready to step up to that challenge? Oh, I mean, the, the, Woody's such an incredible actor, and he's so you know he has so many levels of um, uh, of, of performance and so many areas that he's interested in exploring. And he really did um, he really did take to being directed in such a great and generous way, and 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 really wanted to, as I say, explore the scenes. And again, with Cletus, there's 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 a version of Cletus which could be you know your archetypal serial killer 
very menacing, very threatening. But but Woody brings such a kind of, you know, obviously humour to it, but also a real vulnerability. Mm. And the love affair between he and Shriek is really touching. And that was, that was you know, uh, we really, uh, that's what I was sort of meaning about getting all the balance of tone right. That And Woody really went for that. He, he, he was fantastic at exploring how you can make it both believable, touching, engaging, and funny, and all of those things, you know, rather than just going for one one thing. So, so yeah, I mean, he's he's a very very close and good friend of mine. After the uh, you know working together all these years yeah. now, um, so so yeah, I mean, it was a joy a joy to get to to play with him in this arena for sure. You talk about that vulnerability, and I I guess I expected to go into this film and Cletus Cassidy. I know what he's like from comics and cartoons and stuff, and him just be this absolute maniac. And now he's he's unleashed because he's got all this power, and I expected that to be what I was going to get, but I didn't expect that vulnerability. And, and I don't know what it was like uh, on the script, on the paper, but when it got to that screen, that one moment I really loved was the um, essentially like the flip book sort of history of his life and the little sketches that came to life. Was was that something done in post or was that something that was sort of, you know, uh, hinted at in the script? Because I thought that in particular, I did start to feel sorry for this guy. And that is not something I expected when I walked into the movie. Sure. Well, that's great you say that because because I mean, the, 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 yeah, the way it evolved. I mean, it was in the script that there would be some sort of comic book panels which mm. explained the past history of Cletus Cassidy. But we wanted it to come very much from from him. So it was character driven. It wasn't like an outside sort of objective view of his the, the, the past his past history. So so we we really worked at all of the, the drawings in his cell and his his kind of visceral kind of stabbing scratchy sort of style we wanted to, to you know to him to literally have drawn those mm. images and w- which is what you know in the movie when people get to see it without spoiling it you know you see you see him kind of writing the the, the, the writing it down almost and sketching it out so so it so it, 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 it again it always comes from character it doesn't sort of step outside of the movie and become a comment mm. on, the, on the scene or, or the character now, I will say this little bit for the spoiler version of this interview, but I did like that in a movie where you've got these two uh, alien symbiotes going together, that there's a lot of killing. Obviously, one of them is a serial killer underneath uh, underneath the carnage. Um, and in the flip book, you know, he, his parents get killed, grandma gets killed in the bath, but you still stop short of actually killing a dog because that was where I think the audience that I was sitting with were like, don't you do it, and you didn't do it. But like, oh, his yeah. entire family got knocked off, but you didn't dare kill the puppy. <laughs> Which no, I appreciate. Exactly. <laughs> that would be that would be carnage too far. That's a step too far. That's what gets you that uh, yeah. that that that, that, uh, that restricted rating. Uh, you though, obviously, you're still very much a, a working actor, not just a director. So you talk about these great actors you're working with, Tom, Woody. Obviously, they're learning a lot off you because you know I'll, I'll put the words out there. You're the king daddy of the motion capture world, performers, all that sort of gear. But so they're obviously learning a lot from you in that respect. But you directing these two excellent performers. What what do you get to learn as an actor from them while you're directing them oh look i mean uh, in terms of acting then when they got together when they were going head to head i I just basically didn't have to do anything i just sort of (laughs) sat back and watched and marveled at at their skill and you learn on every single job from other actors you know both as an actor and a director so 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 but what i mean my my job was really hopefully creating an environment that allowed them to play and feel comfortable and, Mm. and and that's what you want and i think that's both of them have said, and both of them I know, like to work with actor-directors for that reason. There's a shorthand, there's a kind of an understanding of what it takes to create the right atmosphere to do your best work. And I think, so that's, that's you know, uh, uh, but, but, but in terms of, you know, you learn, 
you never stop learning from mm. watching other people doing, especially of that caliber. I mean, they're both two brilliant actors at the top of their game. And, and uh, I mean, you, you, you hear where I'm coming from. Yeah, as a fan of these things, I feel lucky that performers like these want to do films like this and get to, I guess, explore something that they can't do in, in a regular drama or something. You know, Tom Hardy's not doing yeah. that in a in a gangster film. He can't do the Venom stuff, I guess. And, and I guess with that, you know, yourself, um, we, we look at, the last couple of years, I mean, you've done pretty much every genre there is. You've done live action, you've done animation. But the last couple of years, a lot of your credits, you got Ulysses Claw in the MCU, you're directing a, a, a Venom film for Sony. Next year, we're going to get to see you as Alfred in The Batman. We've got a lot of comic book-based properties in there. For you as a director and an actor, performer and creative of all types, what do you love so much about the, the, the superhero genre, the comic book source material to be able to work with on screen? Well, what I love about it is that you do have this incredible, incredible canvas to work on, which is both has to be real, as a, you know, as I was saying, you know, it has to feel grounded in, in, in an emotional truth and an a internal logic that feels real and believable and that people can relate to. Um, but then you get to stretch the world and and you know use these use these stories these characters as metaphors for saying something about the world that we live in, but in a way that that is entertaining mm. and engaging and and you know mind blowing on screen. So so it's so I love that I love that marriage and I love the kind of the expanse of of of, of and the gamut of all of the things that are that are required to bring that kind of storytelling to life, both as an actor and a director. Well, now, as us us fans of this stuff, that's what we love someone who takes something like this as seriously as we grew up thinking that it was and, and treat it with respect, but also get to have a lot of fun with it. So uh, we, we thank you for that. I will uh, end this with uh, taking into a bit more spoiler territory for our special spoiler uh, version of the, of the interview. Cletus, obviously... Appears uh, in this one uh, to, to be the, fi- the one that Venom finally gets to bite the head off, uh, which I honestly don't think that I properly appreciated that in the moment because I was so shocked. I just didn't think that was going to happen. He's such an iconic character, obviously, in, in, in the comics and the source material. Was the plan always to kill him? And considering we don't see a headless body, we see the, the bite, we don't see a headless body, we know the healing properties of a symbiote, uh, do you hope that we can see him again? Or is there any chance in your mind that could happen? Look, I mean, as we all know, <laughs> you're never you're never dead in these movies. Basically, <laughs> uh, is what I will say. There's always a chance. If there's a will, there's a way. And you know, th- th- but rightly you point out the logic is that yes, we don't see the actual body, and we don't see we, we you know, and and symbiotes can repair themselves, as you you know you've said. So so I I you know I'm I'm secretly hoping that Ulysses Claw, although we saw him in a body bag. Or, you know, miraculously one day come back to life. Who knows? I'm hoping too, mate. I love so much about seeing you come back for What If. I just, I love you as that character. So I hope more of him and and hopefully, yeah, more of Woody. I don't take Woody away from me in a a Marvel film uh, after one movie. And I guess I can't let you go without touching on uh, the the post-credits scene and and more so from a a director where you're coming in to handle this sequel. And while we don't exactly know, uh, as a fan, I certainly don't exactly what that might mean. Uh, Maybe you don't even to a point either. It seems all very secretive about what it may or may not connect to. How much control do you still get over that scene? Does someone come into the room and say, look, these three things must happen, but otherwise make it your own, but still it has to end up this way and don't ask questions because you're not allowed to know the answers to them. How, how difficult it is to make a, a killer post-credit scene like that um, with without it, I guess, being entirely part of the story that you've just told? 
Well, it, it, it's, you know, there, there's, there was a lot of debate about exactly the nature of what that was going to be. And that sort of went on through the whole of production. And, you know, eventually it was, you know, decided that that was going to be the, 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 a way of teasing a future, but not giving not giving away too much. So so I think I think we, you know, everyone expects at some point down the line, this the, these two universes to collide. I think that they just they're just waiting for it. So without without you know we we just subtly wanted to introduce that paradigm shift and and without you know without literally without giving too much away and leaving leaving it open. But and 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 as to the future, you know, at what what point the crossover might happen mm. um, still remains slightly mysterious. So that 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 was that was the approach. Well, I want to thank you for, for talking to us, obviously, doing the press for, for months on end with this film. And I, I wanted to say, you know, come in and go, oh, I, I want to thank you for, in particular, this one performance. And it's just going through your back catalogue, mate. You've been such a big part of so many big things. It's, you know, Gollum and, and you broke my heart as Caesar. My God, they're some of my favourite movies. And uh, that last one just destroyed me. These movies that you're directing, uh, Ulysses, I cannot wait to see you as Alfred. My God, you and Matt Reeves together, magic happens. So uh, thank you so much. I hope to talk to you again and see you more on screen and directing more movies mate and he'll go out on a smile it's been there. lovely oh. talking with you and uh, yeah good luck with it and, uh, all right, mate. thank you thank mate you. sorry I thought we lost you there for a second so cheers. thank you so much mate talk to you again cheers mate take care all the best get into geek